Hello and welcome to the New Zealand Initiatives Podcast. My name is Oliver Hartwig. Today we are joined by our senior fellow in our education program, Michael Johnston. Hi, Michael. Hi. We want to talk about literacy. We want to talk about numeracy. We want to talk about NCA and what the ministry is doing about it. For many years, we thought our education results are improving because the ministry of education told us so, because pass rates for NCA were going up. At the same time, there have always been doubts about whether our students are actually literate and numerate. You've had these doubts for a long time because you were involved in a previous study actually documenting it. Can, can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, I mean, so the first thing we should say is that we've, we ought to have been sceptical for some time of the NCEA pass rates rising from the perspective of literacy at least because we know from PISA studies from about 20 years of declining PISA scores that we have a problem with with our literacy and there are other data that tell us the same thing and yet naively you might believe if someone gets a school leaving certificate they must be numerate and literate because otherwise they wouldn't get a certificate right oh wow yes so this this brings us to the issue of how literacy is credentialed for ncea so there is a literacy requirement and a numeracy requirement for ncea however the way in which you gain those requirements is a little bit odd. So you don't do a test of literacy or a test of numeracy. Instead, you accumulate 10 credits from a bunch of standards that have been judged to require some some literacy and, and 10 credits from some that are judged to require some numeracy. So you and just it, get them as you go along. That's right. But the difficulty is that although... It may be true that the ones that are on the list for literacy require you to to do some reading or writing. None of the assessment criteria for those standards necessarily require the reading to be of a certain level or the writing to be of a certain proficiency. And so there's no way to actually ascertain from that that a student has a particular level of literacy. So as an example, you take a course in history and yes. you probably read some books in that course and therefore you get a reading certificate or a reading credit. Well, that's right. And in fact, it's even stranger than that because some of the credits that you can get in a subject like English towards your literacy requirement may be simply making a PowerPoint presentation or, or perhaps giving a speech. So hmm. it's not at all clear that literacy is really being credentialed. Which brings us to that previous study that you uh, you alluded to. So in 2014, I was actually involved in this study with some other researchers from Dunedin. We were commissioned by the Tertiary Education Commission to conduct a study of literacy in tertiary students going into politics and the like, not universities, but other, other tertiary institutions. What did you find? Well... We found, first of all, they had a, a pretty poor level of literacy, by and large. Now, this was not a population study. So it was a particular slice of the population. So it didn't tell us directly that the New Zealand population as a whole had a massive literacy problem, although certainly those going into these institutions did. But more importantly, one of the things that we did was to compare the literacy of people who had the NCEA literacy requirement with the literacy of those who didn't. And? There was very little difference between the two. <laughs> In other words, the literacy requirement for NCEA seems to be 
have a very poor correlation with actual literacy. By the way, we did it for numeracy as well as part of the same study. The correlation there was a little bit better, but not much. But even so, it, that's probably because... The, the numeracy credits are given in the same kind of way. So you in the same kind of way. But biology class or physics or whatever correct. it might be. But it's a smaller selection of credits. And, and actually, in that case, they tend to require a bit more actual numeracy to be able to do them. So it's a little bit better. But even so, it, this, the story is that after that research had been completed and we we gave it to the TEC and... Everything went quiet for a while. But just a sec. So this was all in 2014. 20, so well, I think the research we actually did in 2013, but it was it was a whole year before the, the study actually appeared. Okay. I think, I think so it caused a little bit of consternation. As it should have. Yes, that's right. Now, to the credit of the Ministry of Education, it was released on the TEC website in a fairly obscure part of the TEC website. But even so... The ministry did start to worry about the NCA literacy and numeracy requirements at that time. In 2014. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things and take a lot of time. They do take a lot of time. But then in 2018, when the NCA review was announced, part of that review was to look at the, those requirements and, and to update them. And I, I attended some meetings at the Ministry of Education at the time, and we worked through a new requirement for literacy and numeracy that was to be assessed using a real test. But correct me if I'm wrong, was that the same TEC study in 2014 that found 40% of our students are functionally literate? Of the ones that were going into ter tertiary yes. institutions, yeah. excluding universities, yes. So we have known since 2014 that there is a scandal because we are not teaching literacy and numeracy properly. And then it takes until 2022 until something happens? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... So after the review was announced, there was the, a process of making sure the new standards were at an appropriate level and deciding how they were going to be assessed and so on. And then the ministry has been running pilots of the new assessments. Now, it's probably important to point out that the study was about the psychometric properties of the assessments rather than seeing what proportion of students would pass. And Nonetheless, the results are disturbing. So the psychometric properties are good. The tests are actually well put together and they're assessing at an appropriate level. So psychometric testing of the test means? That means making sure that it's valid and reliable, essentially, that it's really measuring the things that you want it to measure and that it's doing so with a good degree of accuracy. And it does that? It does that. Mm. Uh, and so the ministry found is that of the... 550 or so students who did the writing part of the assessment, only a third of them met the standard. That's not too good. No. In numeracy and reading, it was a bit better. That was more like two-thirds. But, but even that is not too good. Not too good. Now, some of the objections have been, well, this was not about finding out what proportion of young people are literate and numerate, and maybe the sample wasn't very representative, and actually... Most of them were in year 10 rather than year 11, which is where the assessment will really be situated. Actually, how did we find out about this pilot study? Did the ministry issue a release and say, hey, we've got a problem? No, no, it was, it was, it was discovered under the Official Information Act. And, and oh, so they kept the pilot study secret? Well, I imagine it would have been published eventually, but it came out under the Official Information Act and, and was, was handed to me by somebody. And, and then we had a good look at it and found out we have this problem. Now, 
even if the critics of our comment on it are right and say, you know, the actual rates of achievement come up by 10 percentage points on all of those tests. But it would still be a scandal. We'd still have more than half of our students not writing to the standard and, and, and a quarter not reading or, or numerate to the standard. And it's important to point out that this is not a standard of literacy and numeracy that might be commensurate with university study. It's just the basic literacy and numeracy you need to be a functional adult in, in 21st century society. So, Like doing what? Well, looking after your bank accounts, for example, or being able to read a newspaper article or being able to write to the newspaper or your local MP or whatever. Hmm. Yeah. So not too high a standard? No, no. So when you started commenting on the pilot study, which you received under the Official Information Act, how did the ministry respond? Well, they, they said that it was not a, a test of the cohort of, the, of students, but, but of the instrument itself, and that they think the sample wasn't very representative. Now, I had a look at the sample, and it includes schools across the decile range. It includes students of all ethnicities in approximate proportion to their proportion in the population. So it's not perfectly representative, but it's representative enough to get a pretty good idea of, of how things are likely to go. Could the ministry simply fear that introducing this new standard would just fail too many students if they rushed this through now? Yes, and I think they'd be right. If, if, if we introduced this now and required students to get all three of those components to get an NCA certificate, even a Level 1 certificate, and that is the plan in 2024 to put it into place in that way. Which would probably make sense because we want to have all students numerate and literate. Of course we do, and, and, and I support that idea in, in theory. But you cannot fail a whole year. <laughs> At the moment, about 80% or 85% of our young people get NCA Level 1. So even at the most generous interpretation of, of these results, that would fall by at least 30 percentage points. At least. And that would be socially and politically unacceptable. That's right. And, and it would be also, I think, unfair to students who, through no fault of their own, have not been taught these key skills properly through primary school. So we have an urgent problem on our hands, and I, and I think we need to look at it from a number of perspectives at once. So first of all, we do need a credi as credible a pos as possible certification of literacy and numeracy for NCEA. This probably can't, at this stage, be at the highest level that we'd like, at the level that we'd like. But I think it's important that we put something in place that won't cause too precipitous a fall in the achievement rate, but will still be as robust a, a credentialing as we can have. I also think, by the way, that we should still implement these standards, but as a standalone certificate of literacy and numeracy, so that the young people who do meet that standard can be certified as having a level of literacy of, and numeracy that is commensurate with operating in our society. It is still not satisfactory, though, because it will take us another two or three years until we get to a system that delivers better results. In the meantime... That's just to put it in place, let alone to, for, yeah, the, yeah. For, the, for that to work through the system so that those kids sure. who are now five years old are, are, are getting NCEA. But in the meantime, we'll still be giving school certificates to people who we know are probably not literate and numerate enough. Yeah, 
and that's a real that's a real issue. So I think we need to address that in a two pronged way. The first is urgent reform of teaching of literacy and numeracy in primary school irrespective of all of the debate about how valid this study was. It's clearly valid enough that we know we have a catastrophe on our hands when it comes to the way we're teaching these key skills. So we absolutely have to address that as quickly as we can so that we don't perpetuate the problem. Shouldn't the starting point be somewhere different? First, with the ministry acknowledging that there is a problem rather than trying to downplay the significance of the pilot study? Yeah, I mean, that, that to me is one of the most disappointing things about this whole episode. So it's fine to quibble about the, stand, the, the, the study and say, well, maybe we didn't get exactly representative sample and maybe the year 11s will do a little bit better than the year 10. This is all marginal. Mm -hmm. In the end, these results are a complete disaster and we absolutely have to own up to that the ministry has to own up to that and say we have a, a a real issue on our hands with literacy and numeracy and we absolutely have to address it without any excuses i find it hard to believe that there's been so little public debate about this in a normal kind of country i would expect such a study to raise ring alarm bells yeah and be covered on the front page of every single newspaper. If a country finds out about its schools that they don't teach the basic requirements anymore, that they don't actually teach literacy and numeracy, you would expect this to be front page news. You would expect to be parents on the streets and demanding answers from the ministry. This would be or should be a national scandal. And yet this whole study kind of disappeared and was hardly touched by several media outlets. Mm, no, that's right. Um, I suspect we would have parents on the streets if they if they knew about it. Uh, but as you say, the media hasn't exactly covered it as widely as we we might expect something like this to be covered. We we did get some radio coverage with with our our commentary on it. We got some minimal coverage coverage in, in print media. It Why is that? It wasn't on the front pages. I don't think the television networks touched it. Why is it? I, I don't know. I mean, it beggars belief, really, doesn't it? I, I can't answer that. And how would we change that? Well, if the media in a country are not prepared to stand up for something that is fundamental to the prosperity of our society, to the well-being of young people, and in fact to the health of democracy, I, d I really don't know what to say, Oliver. <laughs> But perhaps it takes a hero, a New Zealand hero, an education hero to stand up and declare an education emergency. Mm. If a Richie McCaw figure stood up and said, actually, this is not good enough and I demand better from our country, someone with that kind of standing, yeah. that mana, as they say here, yeah. maybe we need that. Well, if only we were as worried about education as we seem to be about the um, the failure of the All Blacks, we might have a different scenario. Well, that was a weird thing, actually. There was so much discussion about the failure in the series against Ireland. Mm. If we demanded the same kind of um, accountability from the education ministry, we would have a different debate. That's right. But uh, I think you're right. I mean, prominent New Zealanders making some noise about this would be a, a very good thing. It would also be a very good thing to have a Minister of Education with the political courage it would take to deal not only with the literacy and numeracy problems themselves, which are urgent, but also with the bureaucracy that allows these things to happen without seeming to know that it's going on. 
I mean, why did the ministry not see this coming 15 years ago? Indeed. So maybe, Michael, what we should do is we should finish this podcast on an unusual note. Mm. I know we have many listeners of our podcast, and we've got many prominent New Zealanders listening to our podcast. So if you are one of these prominent New Zealanders and you want to help us and declare an emergency in education, why don't you write to us, let us know, and um, let's try to get this onto the agenda and let's get the country talking about it because I think it is a scandal. I think that's 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 a good strategy because it's clearly not a battle that's going to be won all at once. And so the more New Zealanders, especially those who have uh, a platform to speak about things from, who get involved, the better. And it isn't short of the mark to say that the, the future of this country depends on people like that speaking out. Great, in which case, let's do that. And if you want to help us spread the message and alert the public to what's happening in our education system, send us an email. And people can go on our website and find the commentary that we wrote on this study so you can see for yourselves what's going on as well and this media coverage such as it was to link to there as well. We'll do that for now. Thank you very much, Michael. Thank you, Oliver.